In today's video, I'm going to be going over a few things that I wish I knew when I started my pest control business and things that will make you not go insane when starting your pest control business. So let's get to it. First thing that I wish I knew was is not every customer is necessarily the right customer for you. So what do I mean by this? Obviously, whenever we start our business, we're looking to get as many customers as possible, right? That's the whole reason we're in business, to solve people's problems, because by solving people's problems, we're obviously gonna reap the benefit in terms of cash, right? But with that, there's a double-edged sword. We can oftentimes get so caught up in trying to get as many customers as possible that we will actually make our lives worse by accepting customers who may not even necessarily be qualified for our type of service for our company. And what do I mean by this? I think we all kind of know to a certain degree what I mean by this. If you've been in the pest control industry or any service business for longer than two minutes, but of course, what do I mean? We're talking the customer that never wants to pay on time. They want you to bend your rules for them. A prime example of this, a lot of you guys have been tuning into the channel for a while know that we only do two types of billing for our recurring customers. Either A, you can pay for the whole year up front, that gives you the best rate, or B, you can pay it like a subscription plan, month over month, no contract or anything, very reasonable, but it never fails. Every week we get at least a couple of people who ask, well, what if I don't wanna pay month to month or yearly? I'm like, well, those are your two options. The, the last option is, is you can pay every service, but it's gonna be an astronomically higher price. We wouldn't suggest that. And that usually automatically will go ahead and turn them away from us right from the get-go. So pretty much at the end of the day, you just want to qualify your customers. It's not just the customer qualifying you, you need to qualify that that customer is a right fit for your company. What's gonna happen if within say 30, 60, 90, or who knows, maybe even a year or two down the road, they're just not satisfied with your service. Sure, you went ahead and got the money from that customer for X amount of time, but is it worth potentially hurting your reputation in terms of getting potentially one-star reviews, two-star reviews, BBB complaints, heaven forbid, but you just want to avoid these things at all costs, right? And that's what we've been able to do. We have nothing but five-star reviews. You can go check us out online at Preferred Pest Management. You'll see we have nothing but five-star reviews. Why? Because I overly qualify our customers. Now I'm not interviewing the customer, but like I said, I let them know what to expect. I set the expectations completely up front. And if they don't like that, then that's okay. They can go with a you know less than company. But at the end of the day, if they want the best service, they're gonna have to, you know, one, obviously pay the best price, which we're not even the most expensive in our market. But at the end of the day, if they're not willing to pay at the top 70, 80%, and not even just pay, right? We could go into all sorts of things. Like we said, do they sound like they're gonna be a pain in the ass? Do they expect us to literally get rid of bugs just in their yard, right? Like I always tell the customers, our job is to keep pests out of your home, not keep them out of your yard. That alone will turn off some people right from the get-go. And you know what? That's okay, because like I said at the beginning here, not every customer is the right customer for your business. Second thing that I wish I knew when I started my pest control business back in 2020 was this is a marathon, not a race, not a sprint specifically, right? And of course, I'm sure all of you have probably done this by now, especially if you're still in those 
early stages of you haven't even started a pest control business yet, but maybe you're you know looking around and doing the idea of doing so. Maybe you're Googling different type of business ideas or business ideas for 2023. There's all these different searches that we all do, right? When it comes to starting businesses, but specifically with starting a pest control business, we sit down and we'll get a spreadsheet out or maybe you're old school like me and you'll just get a notebook out and just start doing the math, right? You start work, and we even do it on this channel with the whiteboard behind me, right? We'll work out the math on, you know, man, if I could just sell this many customers a year, we'd be making this much money based at this percentage, you know, just, just every type of scenario in our head. And we do it based on just unreasonable expectations at the end of the day. You got to think these massive companies like Terminex, Orkin, et cetera, they weren't built overnight, right? These companies have been in business for 75 or in some cases, 90 plus years. And they're just now at a billion, two billion, et cetera. I don't even know if Orkin, as a matter of fact, has crossed the billion dollar market. I'm sure they have, but just think it took them that long to get to a billion dollars. So do you think that you're just literally overnight gonna hit 1 million plus in sales, let alone profit? Of course not. Now there are ways, of course, you can get there quicker. Obviously the more money you have, the more resources you have, the quicker you can get there in today's, you know, today's economy, right? But it is still a marathon, not a race. So don't let it drive you crazy whenever your first month, your first year, or even first five years, you're way behind what you were expecting because you set false expectations for yourself. So I'm not saying don't shoot for the stars. Don't get me wrong. We are shooting for the stars here at Preferred Pest Management as well. You guys know that one of my goals is to get this company to a $50 million valuation. Not that we're planning on necessarily selling it at that point or anything, but that is our you know main goal, 50 to $100 million valuation. But I know at the end of the day, that's a marathon, not a race. And at the beginning, when I started my pest control business, I was very cautious. Maybe cautious isn't even the right word. I was very pessimistic, maybe, I guess. I was just kind of down on myself. I figured, hey, you know, if I just throw my business on Google, I'll simply just have calls start rolling in, right? And obviously that's not the case, right? We There's so much that goes into it, like we talk about on this channel. So my point is, is just don't let it burn yourself out. Not that I, I hate the term burnout, but when I say burn yourself out, don't let it affect your headspace. Always stay positive, always be looking for that next move. And just know that every day is another brick in the wall of setting up your foundation. And once you get that foundation set up, the referrals start coming in, it's just a domino effect. You'll just keep on building, keep on building, keep gaining momentum. And as long as you can keep that positive momentum, you will continue to grow your sales month over month, quarter by quarter, and of course, year over year. It's a marathon, not a sprint. The third thing I wish I knew when I started my pest control business back in 2020 was to stay small. Now, what do I mean by stay small? I know a lot of you are probably thinking, wait, you just said that you wanted to grow to $50 million. How are you going to stay small? Hear me out. When I say stay small, I'm not saying stay small with the business. I'm talking personal life now. So whenever you first start getting lots of money within your business, you're going to find, especially if you grew up in, you know, not a rich household, like I'm sure a lot of you, me included, I grew up in, I actually grew up in a divided home. A lot of you know that already, but I grew up kind of seeing the two sides of the coin. My mother was pretty pretty much poor, to be honest. I remember coming home and seeing a, you know, you have 
X amount of days to pay or you're gonna be kicked out essentially, note on the door for rent one day. And then, you know, I go over to my father's home who he wasn't rich or anything, but he had to literally work and still does today, literally ungodly amount of hours just to, you know, sustain the good life that he does have, you know, average upper middle class American at the end of the day. So I knew from the get go that I obviously wasn't wanting to go down this route, but I was like, I don't wanna work you know, 20 hours a day or anything crazy either because he literally works overnight. Luckily, he gets to sleep a lot with that job because it's a government job. But then he has to literally flip around and then go do construction work during the day. So he's literally working like 20 hours a day, at least five to six days a week. It's just, you know, I, I got to see literally that, wow, like neither of these are the great option at the end of the day. So of course I knew I wanted to start my own business and grow it to X amount of dollars. But when you first start getting those big lump sums of money, it's easy to want to increase your lifestyle. And I cannot stress enough speaking from firsthand experience in the house that I'm in right now, I mentioned this on this channel, this is stupid. We should not have moved into this home, but it is what it is. That's why we rent, that way we can get out you know, after one year, move on. That's, you know, there's a lot of pros to renting. I'll do a future video on that because we've been brainwashed in today's society that you just gotta buy a home. So be on the lookout for that video in the future. Back to my original point here, stay small, realize that the more you're willing to sacrifice today, it will pay off 100X, not just 10X, but literally 100X down the road because for example, we increase just our cost of housing, not even including the increase in utility costs and everything, just the cost of housing by over $1,000 a month. To be exact, just over $1,200 a month. So imagine if I stayed where we were or even found something similar. Let's just say we increased our, our housing costs by say $200 because we did have to move because we outgrew that home ultimately. But say we only increased our cost of living by 200 bucks, a $1,000 difference roughly. Say I was able to put that into growing the business. You see where I'm going with this? The more money that you are going to spend on dumb shit, including raising your cost of living ultimately, which obviously go hand in hand with each other, it's literally not gonna help your business whatsoever, right? It seems kind of elementary, seems very, you know, duh, right? Obviously the more you spend on personal expenses, the less you're gonna be able to spend on business, but let's really break it down, right? So when you spend that thousand dollars, for example, like going with my example here, you're not just losing that thousand dollars. You're using, you're losing the multiplier on that thousand dollars. How many customers would that thousand dollars have gotten you? Usually our rule of thumb is cost of acquisition is usually between 100 to $300 per customer. 300 is like on the extreme high end in terms of advertising costs. And you all know that we get a lot of our customers actually organically, but say we go with just $100 for easy numbers, easy math here, that's 10 customers, average contract value, we'll just say $500 a year. So now that $1,000 didn't just cost you $1,000, it cost you $5,000 over that first year. And then the compound effect of let's say 70, that's a, this is a low number by the way, 70% of those customers stay with you, that's still you're losing what about, 
you're losing about three to $4,000 year over year going forward, not to mention how many people do they refer you to, right? So you see how this can really just domino into lots of losses ultimately. So can't stress enough, keep your cost of living as low as possible, live like you're poor. I believe, um, rest in peace to him, uh, Young Dolph, I believe, if you listen to hip hop or rap music, talks a lot about, you know, how I got millions, but you wouldn't be able to tell, like this and that and the other, not exactly word for word like that, but you know what I'm saying, like just keep it low to where, you know, you wanna be the guy that most people wouldn't even expect you made 500,000 a year, a million dollars a year, etc. Don't be flashy buying stupid stuff, which we're not even doing that, obviously, but I just wanna take it to the extreme because I know a lot of people, not necessarily in the pest control industry, but in business in general, who they make their first, you know, 500 grand and they go buy a bunch of dumb stuff. Prime example of this is athletes, which is why so many athletes end up poor literally within the first year or two of getting out of the league. So hopefully that makes sense. And the last thing, bonus tip for those of you that watched throughout this whole video, shout out to you all, you all are the real ones. I appreciate and love you all so much. Bonus tip here, delegation. We talked about delegation, funny enough, on the stream that I did the night before doing this video for you guys, but I cannot stress enough the importance of learning how to delegate Task. If you didn't see that part of the stream, I definitely suggest you all go watch it. It was our stream from, I believe, July 23rd. So July 23rd, 2023, go back and watch that stream because I literally listed out the importance one by one of where you should start in a pest control business with delegating tasks versus what's the least importance, at least in my opinion. Of course, the first would be technician, right? but we're not gonna get into that right now. I wanna keep this short and sweet for you guys, at least as short and sweet as possible. The importance of learning how to delegate tasks is so, so, so important, because why? The one thing that I notice that every millionaire, billionaire, et cetera, have in common is, is they care more about time than money. Time is their ultimate asset. Because why? You can't get any of it back. Everybody knows that we have our day coming. If there's one thing that's for certain, you know, taxes and death, right? You're always gonna die. So with that, your time is your most valuable tool. You can always go out and get more money, but you can never go back out and get more time. So the first thing you wanna do, like we said, is of course, get yourself out of the field. Don't be the solo operator. Don't be a control freak, which is a very, you know, something that I deeply struggle with. I am very controlling when it comes to my business and finance specifically. And with that, since we've hired our employee, I really had to kind of force myself to kind of just literally, sometimes I'll catch myself, I'll be like, no, I need to stay at the truck, kind of just watch him, let him do his thing while we're training him. If he has any questions or I see anything I can give him a tip on, let him know, but don't be hovering. You know, I've been having to literally train myself on this. It's a skill to learn how to delegate tasks uh, to you know your employees and how to know when to hire what. So like I said, if you didn't see that stream, July 23rd of 2023, definitely go into our live stream playlist and you'll see that video. It should say something like, let's talk business or something like that. And I think you all will get a lot of valuable information from there. Hopefully you guys did learn some valuable information. If you did, just do me a quick favor, smash that thumbs up button and let me know you guys 
like this type of content, appreciate this type of content. And if you have any questions, regardless of if it's pest control business related, it can be about anything business related or work-life balance or anything regarding business whatsoever, feel free to just drop a comment down below. I always love interacting with you guys. And if you like this type of content and you're not a subscriber already, feel free to subscribe. We'd love to have you in our community. One thing that I'm trying to do right now is grow our TikTok audience. That way we can start going live on TikTok because I know a lot of you have moved to TikTok lately. So my TikTok info should be in the description box as well. If you want to follow over there, we always post our short form content on TikTok and Instagram before we post it on YouTube. So if you want to get like first access to that, go ahead and like I said, follow my TikTok down below. Otherwise, I appreciate you guys and I'll see you in the next video. Take it easy, everybody, and stay safe.